0: I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to Season 10 of the Parenting Aces podcast, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and this week we're going to be talking about early tennis development, speed and agility training, and what our young players need to be doing to ensure that they have the most positive tennis development journey ever. My guests are Gary, I'm going to totally mess up your name, Gary, I'm so sorry, Gary Lion and Susan Nardi. Gary is a speed and agility specialist. He is in the Southern California area. Susan Nardi is an early 10 and under kind of ROG kind of tennis coach who works with our young kids to make sure that they get a love of tennis and a solid foundation as they start their junior tennis journey. And so having the two of them together, I think is such an awesome opportunity and I'm really excited to bring them both to all of you today. Before that, I want to just do a quick reminder. If you haven't become a premium member of ParentingAces.com yet, we want you to do that. Please go on our website and click the join button. Super simple and become part of our community. Once you sign up, you have access to our Tennis Parents Only Facebook group where we have some amazing conversations going on. So look forward to seeing you in there. Also, a reminder to click on the shop tab and come get some of our merch. It's super fun and super easy to wear. Our premium members get free shipping every day. So just a reminder, another perk of being a premium member of Parenting Aces. Now, without further ado, I'm going to bring Gary and Susan on. I uh, Hopefully, I'm going to bring them on. This is always my hardest part now that we've switched over to using Zoom. Um, there we go. Guys, if you could uh, get your videos back on. I hope I did that right. Oh, here they come. Here they come. Hey, guys. Welcome, Gary. I so apologize. After getting you to help me pronounce your name properly, I messed it up anyway, but uh, hopefully you won't hold it against me.
1: (laughs) Not at all. It was actually, you did it perfectly, so you're good. Oh, (laughs) good.
0: (laughs) <laughs> awesome. Well, it's great to see the two of you. I'm just so happy to have you both and um, go Bruins because Susan's wearing her UCLA hat and I'm a Bruin. So there you go. Um, Gary, I want to start with you and I want to talk about how you got started in the speed and agility training space. What inspired you to start working there?
1: It's, it goes a ways back. I mean, My dad was coaching. Um, My dad was actually my college coach in track and field, so he was a sprints hurdle coach in college. Um, And I think for most kids uh, going into college, you're kind of like clueless of what you're going to do in life. I was just wanting to do track only. That was like my main thing. I was going to college just for track. But once you get there, I found the love of coaching, Um, got into the kinesiology department and just, you know, the... The Prerequisites for college were rough, but once I got into the major, I just loved everything about biomechanics, uh, the whole kinesiology, anatomy, physiology. So then I found the love of it. Started coaching high school, um, had some success with coaching a lot of high school kids. Um, and about that time, I was coach. My dad was coaching a guy named Byron Jackson, a guy named Derek Davis, which I'll, I'll Derek Davis' name will come back into this, um, and so. Byron's younger brother was Deshaun Jackson, who is now a 15 year vet in the NFL. So I started training him, my dad, in when he was younger. And so I've been training him since he was eight all the way through until to this day. So um, that kind of got me into the world of, you know, coaching football, but also the love of, you know, me and my wife running track. Um, my wife was in the 2000 Olympics. I ran professionally for 10 years. And so that I And mean, starting Evil Sports Training, it's been about 12 years now, so I've been coaching for over 20, uh, kind of just led the foundation for just the love and passion of, of helping others achieve their goals. So, so
0: my, my listeners may wonder why I have a speed and agility coach on here who works with football players and who ran track. Um, the reason is that you're now a tennis parent, too.
1: I am. And, and my biggest thing as a parent was to expose my kids to as many sports, arts, whatever it is. I, I mean, I have, I have uh, with, with training sports, I have swimmers that I train. I have gymnastics athletes that I train for speed because it's one of those things, the, the faster the speed, the bigger the vault, right? So there's a lot of stuff in other sports that ties into it. So to me, starting athletes and becoming a better athlete gets them to be able to go into their individualized sport and coaches can coach them better. They're coachable better. They're, they, the speed is everything, almost all sports. I can't think of a sport that doesn't hit home where speed can take you to that next level and be that difference maker in any sport. So um, that's kind of like what we've done. And then so my middle daughter, Sydney, um, was getting into tennis and me and my wife liked to play. Um, and she took a love to it. And, you know, for a while, it was just like once a week and then she wanted to go more and twice a week. And, uh, and then, so I was talking to my friend Derek Davis who we've known for a while and his daughter played tennis and she worked with Susan. And so he's a big researcher. Like if, if you know him, he's researches everything to, 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 the stars and back and so he did his research and found Susan and found great results so he pointed me into the direction of Susan and uh yeah she's uh, made uh, leaps and bounds being with Susan and even to this like last night she was at a little clinic out here and you like man her serve like is like her technique is on point with that serve and I was like just like thinking yeah but thanks to Susan so <laughs> how old is yeah, Sydney now? She just turned 11. Okay. So
0: that's awesome. And can you explain, Gary and Susan, I'm getting to you in one second, but Gary, can you explain what it means to train speed and agility? Because when I was a kid... We all just believe that some kids were fast and some kids weren't, you know, and there was really nothing to do about it. It's just kind of how you came out. But the science has evolved, the research is there, and now the profession is there to actually train speed and agility in young athletes starting how young?
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that a lot of people said you can't teach speed. Well, if that was the case, I'd be out of a job a long (laughs) time ago. (laughs) Um, Now, don't get me wrong. I've told people before you got to choose your parents wisely, too, right? So there's that, uh, there's the genetics part of it. But everybody can get better. Um, I refer all all my interns to the talent code, which is about training the nervous system, training the myelin in the body. And you can start very young. And I think doing it before your growth spurt, before puberty, it it sticks in there a little better. And I think um, it's one of those things, it's a a lot of, you know, correct um, mechanics, correct movement, correct technique at an early age. Um, It's huge. But then also, the speed aspect goes hand in hand with that, right? So it's just firing the nervous system, being able to explode, being able to go through certain ranges of motion. So all that has, you know so many variables that help all sports
0: and so you said it can start
1: very young how young correct I mean I started my kids on doing stuff and it it can be as simple as balanced like standing on one leg or learning how to hop on one foot so it can start as soon as they're active right so as soon as they're able to do so I would say you know at the earliest like five or six but Mm -hmm. I mean I was having soon my kids can walk like balancing on a two by four, right. And just walk forward, walk backwards. And it's fun. You right. know, it's, it's stuff that they can do like, okay, let's challenge you. Let's see if you can hop up on one foot up the whole stairs, mm-hmm. you know? So it's little things like that, that, uh, and, and it, one thing that me and Susan will always talk about is, you know, for kids you got to make it fun and it's gotta be the, the mental part of, of raising a kid into sports is huge. Also, I think a lot of people forget that part and. I think that's one thing that Susan does really well is is connecting with the kid and having fun, but yet learning the proper stuff at the same time.
0: Right. And a lot of the stuff you're talking about doing with young children is stuff that used to just kind of naturally happen at the park or on the playground or when kids would play out in the yard. but that's not the way we live in most communities anymore, right? Our kids don't have that free play opportunity that we had growing up. And so now it needs to be a little bit more mindful. We have to really put some effort behind creating opportunities for them to learn these skills like balance, like hopping on one foot, like skipping. Um, I remember even when my kids were starting school, they had to know how to skip to progress from pre-K into kindergarten. That was a prerequisite for being ready for kindergarten. I don't think that exists anymore. Maybe I'm wrong, but, you know,
1: no, you're, you're, I mean, my if you know Sydney, she's very active, so. She gets told all the time she can't run in the playground, right? So it's like, how you, like, it's like this stuff that we used to take for granted back in the day, skipping, like we, some kid used to skip to school, right? You, you used to run in the playground, used to play tag. Like, I literally had to roll my eyes every day when we go and the teacher's there like a monitor saying, no running, no running. Like, like why? Like, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where things have changed or a lot of lawsuits happening, this, that, you know, but um, I mean, just jumping from trees, jumping from, you know, whatever, riding your bikes uh, for days on end. um, All that stuff is taken away and parents are trying to specialize kids into their sports earlier and earlier, which is doing them a huge disservice of just learning to be an athlete, learning to be a kid and learning to do just a lot of little different things, you know, what we used to call being a kid. That's kind of like taken from them now. Right.
0: So Susan, you met Gary, you learned about what he does. And what was it about Gary that made kind of that light bulb go on for you that, hey, this guy could really help the young players I work with?
2: Well, like Gary said, we met through uh, our mutual good friend and as I jokingly call him Grizzly Adams, I had to get that on <laughs> video here, um, Derek, and because I'd given uh, Lauren lessons and had worked with her until I had moved out of California and moved to um, Texas. And, you know, Derek had opened my eyes to, to things and I had been exposed to um, Randy uh, Snow at the PTR conference. and I met Gary and we just sit there, you know, we'll we'll talk and have these conversations and we'll talk about tennis, being little mini sprints all over the place with a break. And we'll talk about, you know, what's, what's going on in the movement and patterns. And, you know, it's like, wow, you know, when, when you look at Sydney, she's an athlete first, first and foremost, probably one of the most fearless 11 year olds I've ever met. I mean, kids can get on a skateboard, or on a scooter and do all sorts of things. I've seen her in a squat at down in Carson and hop up the steps in a squat. Hop up the steps all the way up, hop up the steps all the way down. And just do that. And you're just like looking at it. It's like, whoa, that's a throwback. And you just see, you know, she picks up on things. I can I can challenge her to do something. And we've been working on beefing up her serve and um, things, you know, she's an average size, 11 year old. And all of a sudden it's just like, whoa, because she's an athlete and she's done other things. And when you see her move and you see her looking to move forward and, and stuff, it's, it's remarkable. And it's, I'm excited because Gary has pushed me to be better at helping all my kids move, whether they're, you know, the youngest ones, the, the middle age ones, which, you know, Sydney kind of falls into that group and helping the older ones get better at that skill because everything is, is movement. You know, you got to, you know, you're stroking the ball and stuff, but you gotta, you gotta get to the ball. And So
0: how do you now, Susan, incorporate this, the lessons that you're learning through your conversations with Gary and the lessons that you're learning by watching Sydney's improvement? How do you use that when you're working with young players that are just getting started in tennis?
2: I think it's just like the basic things like like uh Gary has mentioned. You know, it makes me realize like when I do a transition between activities, sometimes I'll randomly throw in something like, you know, we'll do uh what I call Kung Fu Panda and we'll like do crane and we'll be frozen. Or we'll we'll do we'll do some sort of movement to the next activity that I might have not normally thought of it, but I take these little moments and add something that I've learned from a conversation from Gary. It's like, okay, maybe I can do this and then see where things are. And then I take mental notes or depending on if it's a group or if it's a private and take mental notes. Okay, this is this. Or you know, we talk a lot because I'm asking him because I've used, you know, as you can see my hats and my sweatshirt <laughs> here. Um you know when I talk about uh the college girls that I know that I'm, um, big fans of, you know, what, what is he looking at? Like where their strength is, where their weakness is, and how with kids that are Sydney's age or, or lower, you know, younger, how I can develop better and better athletes with what I'm doing on the court to, to make them go beyond mm-hmm. what, what's being done now mm-hmm. and take them to a much higher level and you know, making it fun and making it engaging where they're like not realizing that they're doing so much more.
0: So Gary, is there an age at which it's just too late? You can't do it, can't get better, can't get faster, can't get quicker.
1: No, it's harder. That's really what the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's a lot harder. I mean, you it, it's just like you know, a kid trying to learn as a, uh, whether a kid or an adult trying to learn a second language. It's the same thing. We, could, we can do it. <laughs> if we don't have much patience, and it, it's just it happens slower, at a slower right. rate, and so it's it's harder. And, and then you also got to figure in sometimes they've been having bad habits, you know, whether, you know, how they run. And, like, a lot of kids don't even know how to run properly. So it's right. like if you're trying to chase down a ball um, or, you know, for football, you're – same, same thing goes, you know, the sprint mechanics have to be in sync, you know, at the fire, in the synchronization. And a lot of kids, even I have guys coming out trying to get into the NFL, have not learned how to run. So my thing is just always been trying to get kids to run properly at a, at a young age. And it'll just, once they go through puberty and maturation alone, it's going to help so much just in the, just firing pattern It just, it's, it makes it a lot easier for them.
0: What is running
1: properly? What does that mean? So, I'm sure I don't do it, but <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the proper form, like good posture to begin with, right? And then when the foot hits the ground, there's just like firing chain of from the glute on down. Now, a lot of people, especially in sports like basketball and tennis where there are a lot in uh, in a like what they would call the athletic stance, which is a lot of bent over type of position. Um, they're really quad dominant. So they fire the quad, which kind of takes off from the hamstring and the glute. And so then you end up not being able to run efficiently. So that's really what it is. It's it's learning how to uh, fire the right muscles at the right time.
0: Well, and I know, especially as kids get older into their teen years and they become much more body conscious, you know, we tend to exercise the part of the body that you see in the mirror, and we neglect the part that's behind, <laughs> that's firing and making us more efficient movers, not just athletes, but movers in general, right? Because nobody can see that part, so who cares?
1: Right. And it's, yeah, it's important to balance that. Definitely. And then one of the biggest parts is, I think, is the lower back and a lot of people, because a lot of people think, oh, the glutes have to be developed. And sometimes the hamstrings get avoided a little bit because, you know, you, nobody really wants to see a big hamstring or whatever. But yeah, usually the, the hamstrings in the lower back are the two key parts that are usually the first to go.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Susan, how has this changed what you're seeing in terms of the ability for kids to pick up tennis more quickly and develop good technique at a younger age?
2: I mean, and as far as Sydney goes, who's a prime example, and even Lauren, you know, they just their ability to pick up everything was just faster. Do, and you,
0: do you attribute that to the fact that they developed all of these athletic skills
2: before they became tennis players? Absolutely. I mean, they were still, they're still, and Sydney's still in the process. Um, But, you know, they're just able to do more faster because they're just, they're athletes first Mm -hmm. and everything just picks up faster. I mean, doing the things that I was working on, on the serve, doing some of the stuff that I've learned from Lisa Dotson and from Sarah Stone and being able to do that with a kid that was ten just before she turned eleven, and adding those kind of things, and I mean, comparing it to some of the other kids, she just picks it up, and it's it's phenomenal, and it it really bodes to the point where you know kids, you know, tennis needs to be a part of their experience, but it needs not to be the only thing, and I think kids need to play tons of sports and become good, good athletes. And, uh, they'll choose whatever sport. Hopefully as coaches, we do a great job and, and they find their love and their passion for the game because they, they hook it up from us. But, you know, I just want them to be good athletes and know how to handle competition and how to handle, um, you know, the mental, emotional, Stuff that, you know, all, you know, both of our, you know, our friends, Frank Giappolo and others that we know talk about. um, And, you know, what Linda LeClaire talks about, the confidence switch and Mm -hmm. helping them do that. And I've noticed that these these kids that are stronger athletes like Lauren and Sydney um, have that confidence switch, that it's easier to ignite that. And it's made all the difference.
0: I love I love that. You know, your point about how confidence is tied into athleticism. And, you know, there's this ongoing discussion about early specialization and at what age do kids need to give up every other sport in order to excel at tennis or whichever their chosen sport is. And this debate just goes on and on and on. And what I've learned over the years, and you guys, I would love to hear your opinion on this, but. What I've learned is it's not that kids need to compete in a bunch of different sports, but rather they just need to play at a bunch of different sports and pick up skills from basketball, from soccer, from football, from gymnastics, from you know anything that they can do, even from playground play picking up skills that they then bring to tennis so that it enhances their ability to learn the sport and to excel in the sport. Is that kind of where the two of you come from with that?
2: Gary, you want to,
1: Gary. Yeah. Um, definitely. I mean, I think as far as, you know, some sports start younger than others, like gymnastics, of course, um, but with the majority of the other sports, um, including tennis, I think for a lot of kids through high school, you could still be and even competitive in multiple sports. I think once you turn into, like, if you have certain kids who are turning pro in tennis at the age of 15, 16, then obviously you're going to be done. And you could probably, like you said, play in some other stuff on the, when you're downtime and everything else. But um, sports like football, track, uh, baseball, soccer, like all the way through high school, you could still be doing multiple sports, even two to three sports. Um, I think um, that early specialization is just kind of taken over. And I think it's it's also a lot of coaches. I think uh, for the latter of part of what, what I'm hearing is the coaches are making kids and parents choose yeah. at, a, at a young age. And so that's where I think – and. I think coaches got to really look at themselves and they're like, are you doing your the athlete a service or a disservice at that point? And I think too many, too many times, too many egos. We just wanting to be like, if, if you run into a kid who's super talented, I've, there's a lot of coaches who are always trying to keep them close mm. and smother them. Um, I've always said like parents don't, can't be the, the reason they their kid doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, yeah. You you have parents trying to force these kids into